Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, so yesterday, Miguel Cardona, Joe Biden's nomination for education secretary, uh, testified. And I'm going to play one clip from this testimony of Rand Paul asking him questions about transgendered individuals competing against students of the opposite sex in their elementary, middle, or high school competitive sports settings. The simple fact that we're having this conversation, I think, is just an abomination. It's, it's beyond ridiculous. Uh, having said that, I briefly bounced around the three-plus-hour testimony and the other questions from the other senators were absolute garbage. They were garbage. I think the only person who's going to probably vote against this individual will be Rand Paul. Every other Republican is going to vote for this person. So with just a little digging on Miguel Cardona, what you will find is absolutely nothing. This person has, has done nothing. They haven't written anything. I don't. I didn't find any presentations that they've given. Nothing. They have a Wikipedia page. It's remarkably small. Um, they grew up in Connecticut. They were a fourth grade teacher. He was a fourth grade teacher. Um, he was a school principal. They make a big deal about him being the first school principal in Connecticut at the age of twenty-seven, which was the youngest in the state ever. That doesn't matter. Um, what else? Adjunct professor at the University of Connecticut, I think, for a little while in their ed leadership department. That would be because he was a school principal and probably just decided to, and there you have it. Uh, beyond that, it was just a really, really short and embarrassing testimony. The other ones in the past have been remarkably long. I mean, when, when Betsy DeVos was, was up for nomination, they went for her throat. They went for her throat, and there were a lot of education questions that she couldn't answer, but that's because she doesn't come from an education background. She comes from an administrative business background, and she was hired and nominated by the, by the President of the United States, Donald Trump, to, to eliminate and squeeze and shorten the Department of Education. That was the whole point, and she did that, and that was great. Now we're back to this. Allegedly, I say allegedly because Donald Trump won the election. We know that. That's a fact. That's a statistical fact. So I still believe that there are things coming down the pipeline here. But in the meantime, we can pretend, and this individual could not answer the question about transgendered individuals competing in sports settings in schools when Rand Paul asked him. So here's the clip. I'll come back at the end and mention a few other things about the testimony. The Office of Civil Rights uh, sent a letter to Connecticut saying that uh, boys can't compete with girls in, in sports or so they shouldn't be forced to allow boys to compete in girls' sports. Uh, if you're confirmed, will you enforce that Office of Civil Rights opinion? Hello, Senator. Uh, thank you for the question. I understand that there are a, a lot of concerns about that. Uh, it's, it's, if confirmed, it's my responsibility and my uh, privilege to make sure that we're following uh, our civil rights of all students. 
and that includes uh, activities that they may engage in in high school or in athletics. What do you think in general about boys running and girls track meets like they've been doing in Connecticut? I think that it's critically important that educated education systems and educators respect the rights of all students, including students who are transgender, um, and that they are afforded the opportunities that every other student has to uh, participate in extracurricular activities. Does it bother you that like the top 20% of boys running in track meets beat all of the girls in the state and that it, you know, would be, you know, completely destroy girls athletics, the girls are being pushed out. Um, they don't make the finals in the state meet. They don't get college scholarships that it's really detrimental to girls sports. Do you worry about having boys running girls track meets? You know, I, I recognize and appreciate the concerns um, and the frustrations that are expressed. I've, as commissioner of education, have had conversations with families uh, who have felt the way you just described it and families of uh, students who are transgender. So I understand that this is a challenge. I look forward to working with you and others to... Do you think it's fair to have boys running in the girls' track, mate? I think it's appropriate for... It's, I think it's, it's the legal responsibility of schools to provide opportunities for students to uh, participate in activities, and this includes students who are transgender. So you don't have a problem then with boys running in the girls' track meet, swimming meets, name it. You're okay then with boys competing with girls? Respectfully, Senator, I think I answered the question. I believe schools should offer the opportunity for students to engage in extracurricular activities, even if they're transgender. I think that's their right. All right. Well, a lot of us think that that's bizarre, you know, not very fair. You know, I come from a family that has a lot of girls who have been, have competed in college athletics, have been state champions. And frankly, you know, some boy that's six foot two competing against my five foot four niece doesn't sound very fair. I think most people in the country think it's bizarre, you know, that it's just <laughs> completely bizarre and unfair that people, and you're going to run the Department of Education, you've got no problem with it. Um, that concerns me. And I, I think it's this kind of thing is going to lead to really just the vast majority of America just wondering who are these people that think it's okay? From what planet are you from? I mean, to think it's okay that boys would compete with girls in a track meet, that that somehow would be fair. Um, I wonder where feminists are on this. I wonder where the people who supported women's sports are on this. I mean, we all going to be okay with hulking six foot four guys, you know, wrestling against girls. Do it, you know, it just makes no sense whatsoever. And so, I think the fact that you seem to be afraid to answer the question, or you basically do answer the question by saying it's okay without saying it's okay really is a statement to a, a real problem we have and uh, a disconnect between what middle America and what most Americans actually believe. I even think most Democrats don't believe girls should run in the, in the boys track meet, uh, you know, boys should run in the girls track meet. So I'm disappointed in the answer. And uh, I just can't imagine that we're going to have a policy like that nationally. That was the only serious question throughout the entire thing. The rest of it was ego stroking. The rest of it was back padding. The rest of it was, this is fantastic. This is great. And then it's a lot of, um, I'm not sure what you'd call it. It's just politicians basically propping up their own, their own pseudo legislation and, and their own histories by simply claiming one thing or another, or, well, I experienced this once and I experienced this once. What, what are you going to do about this? Blah, blah, blah. The fact is, is that we're talking about a position that shouldn't even exist. 
We're talking about a department in government that shouldn't even be there. So when you're having these kinds of conversations, you've got to keep that at the forefront of your mind. There shouldn't be a Department of Education. There shouldn't be one. There shouldn't be a Secretary of Education. There should be oversight, I think, to root out fraud. But this individual has little experience with that whatsoever. And they can't answer Rand Paul's question, which is pretty flippin' straightforward. It's it's pretty straightforward. Um, the the amount of crimes that are going to come out related to transgendered individuals competing against others is going to be massive. It's just going to be massive, and it's already destroyed women's sports, as Rand Paul has said, and it's getting worse. Um. If school districts refuse to engage in those kinds of practices or those behaviors or allowing that to happen in the first place, they could they could be sued. The simple fact that that is now another thing, just something else to deal with, is, is beyond the pale. So uh, this isn't a good thing. This is a this is a left-wing Marxist, individual who has little to no experience they haven't written a thing not a not a kindle book i haven't seen a research paper nothing they haven't written anything um they just have some experience as a as a school teacher and as a principal and all of the sudden that makes them qualified you know sorry it 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 really doesn't uh and not to mention the people asking the questions aren't educators one of them, I believe, used to be. I think she's the chair chairwoman of the of the committee. She wasn't there because they're still doing the Skype fiasco and the Skype charade, and they're still wearing their masks and all that garbage. But she, um, I believe, she used to be a school board member, and that's about all the experience she has with education. So everybody else that was on that committee, I'm telling you, they are the worst of the worst. Mitt Romney, uh, Senator Burr, who else? Uh, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, it was just, it's awful. And Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut, he's hes about as creepy as creepy gets. It really is just sort of a who's who of brain dead people who have no idea what they're talking about. They read one education uh, scholarly work, and then all of a sudden they're experts like Mitt Romney. Well, I don't, what did he, what did he say? It was awful. Well, I, I don't think that there's any uh, evidence that, uh, Larger class sizes or smaller class sizes actually increase the rates of success, and I just, I just, I just don't think that that's the case. I read this study and blah blah blah. Well, yeah, bro, you're, you're right, you're right, but at the same time, um, it's about the quality of instruction. That's what matters. Class size is irrelevant. Well, it gives them gives a te- if the class is smaller, it gives t- teachers uh, more opportunity for that. For that one-on-one experience. The fact is, is the one-on-one experience has to happen within the student themselves. That's where it has to happen. And this Miguel Cardona guy has apparently, his claim to fame, has to do with the quote-unquote closing the gap of literacy rates between minority students and white students. So he's taking another race approach to reading. Because, as we all know, and I'm being sarcastic, race has everything to do with literacy. Skin color has everything to do with literacy. No, no it doesn't. And unfortunately, 
because of the Marxist lingo that gets used, such as closing the gap. What that means is, is we need to dumb down everybody who can read so that we can statistically manipulate those who can't read, and then those two poles, will say, get closer to one another, thereby closing the gap, thereby making it look like everybody can read at the same rate, and that's good enough. That's also communistic in approach. It's unethical, to say the least, but it's communistic in its approach as well. So that's where that word equity comes from. It means dumbing people down who achieve so that the ones on the bottom who can't read, instead of just giving them good instruction and just focusing on giving them good instruction, we have to dumb down everybody else who can do it so that the ones on the so-called bottom don't look as dumb. That's really their approach. That's always been their approach. And it doesn't work. It just flat out doesn't work. And then a lot of the questions had to do with test scores and improving test scores and paying attention to that data and blah, blah, blah. Again, this has already been proven and I've already covered this in a previous podcast episode, but there's a research study out there that exists and I I think I still have it and, and shame on me for not knowing the name of it right now and being able to pull it out of my hat here, but it said that it proved un- unequivocally, without a doubt, that educators who, sp- who pay attention to test scores and stare at them and, well, we need to pay attention to these rates and these rates and these rates. You can look at a test score all day long for as frequently as you want, and it doesn't do anything to improve the academic achievement or the literacy or math scores or whatever it may be, whatever subject you want within that particular student. In fact, as the study proved numerically, it has it has as much impact on a student's success than it does a student's height. That you can make teachers stare at test scores forever and it won't improve a single thing with their students. The only thing that does is quality instruction. That's it. And it has to be the same instruction for everybody, and it has to be high bar instruction, not Billy gets this instruction over here and feels this way about it, so I'm going to change it because Billy doesn't like it. And then I'm going to go over here to Sally, and Sally's going to get this kind of instruction, you know, because she's a white girl and she needs different kinds of instruction as opposed to Billy and blah, blah, blah. All of that is garbage. All of that is just Marxist. Edward Thorndike, treat them like animals, manipulate them, treat them all differently garbage. It's ridiculous, and it holds absolutely no weight whatsoever when it comes to real achievement. You have to raise the bar equally for everybody, all of the time. In fact, that's the only thing that's been proven to work. The problem is, is that when you do that, you have success. And in order to maintain mediocrity, you cannot have success. Because those that fail or won't meet that bar, they'll think to themselves, well, I didn't meet that bar, so I must have failed. No, you shot for that bar, and you actually achieved more than what you would have had that bar not been set so high. But because the bar was set as high as it was, you actually achieved more than what you could have. That's easy to measure. 
So when somebody says, well, we need to measure it, we need to, we need to have something that we can measure, that's how you measure it. You measure it by raising the bar as high as you possibly can for every student, regardless of where they come from, regardless of who they are, and regardless of how many students are in your classroom. Please. It's embarrassing. I've had classrooms with 47, 48, 49 students in it, and they all succeeded because I raised the bar equally for all of them. I've had classrooms with seven students in them, and I raised the bar for them the same way. It does not matter. And if you can't manage a classroom with 47 students in it, then you have no business being a school teacher. There's something that you're doing that's wrong. So this class size garbage and this class size is an issue problem is not an issue. The only issue would be if you didn't have enough seats for the students and they have to sit on the floor or hang from the rafters. If that's the case, then yeah, buy a couple of seats and I bet that they listen just like everybody else. I bet that they end up achieving just like everybody else. If you're a jerk, they're not going to want to learn. They're not going to want to learn in your class. Doesn't mean they won't learn the subject. Doesn't mean that they won't be successful. They can be. But if you're a compassionate, rigor-driven, focusing on literacy, reading, writing, and arithmetic, you're going to be the best educator this side of the moon. And that's just the way that it is. That's the way that it's always been. But when you start playing all of these skin color games and you start playing all of these age games or these location games or, well, they live here, so I have to teach them differently. And, oh, they live here, so I have to... No, no. There are facts and then there are lies. Teach them the facts and they will succeed. Gaslight them and they will all fail. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Don't forget to check out AmericanEducationFM.com where you can make a small donation or even email us and be a guest on the podcast. Until next time, never stop learning, never stop reading, and never stop unlearning. Thanks for listening, and God bless.